no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the Nagy and Pake Zoom calls and much more. Hey, Dub, what's the good word with you, fam? Everything is all good, Press. How are you, man? Man, it's Friday, bro. Shit, I'm good over here. <laughs> Love the Fridays, man. Man, I'm telling you. And listen, last year, you know, Fridays didn't really mean shit because we was in that pandemic world. But Fridays, man... They hit a little bit different right now, so I'm, I'm looking outside right now. I'm like, ooh, the sun is out. And I'm like, man, I'm good, man. We're going to be able to come outside soon, eh, Doug? Yes, sir. That weather's starting to change, too, so I'm looking forward to that. The weather's starting to change. People getting these vaccines up and going. So, man, we'll see what happens out here, bro. We'll see what happens. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to be happy about something, man, because uh, when, we, when we think about this team right now, it's been a lot of disappointment. We're going to get into that a little bit later in the show, but... For right now, we're going to talk about some things that, you know, may not piss us off too much. So the first thing we'll talk about is John Jenkins. He's uh, leaving. He's going to the Miami Dolphins. Probably not unexpected, you know, when you probably heard that A-Dub. I mean, what, what were your thoughts there? Prez, you and I talked about this time and time out that we can't keep all our guys. It's not surprised to see him leave. We kind of expected that, doing the fact of our excited recap and what we can do with that. So... I'm not shocked to see him leave. And the good thing is that we added some other depth to it, so to help us out, but I'm not shocked to see him leave. Yeah, I mean, it was not unexpected. I mean, we re-signed Mario Edwards Jr., and then we also signed Angelo Blackson. So that was the death piece right there to probably seal the deal for uh, John Jenkins not returning. But he was was solid when he was with us, but at the end of the day, man, D-line still remains the strength of this team, so I think we're going to be good going forward, eh, A-Dub. Exactly, because I'm not worried about our D-line. You're right. We got some guys there. We load it. That is part of the strength of our team. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Well, so we briefly touched on this in the last episode. We talked about there were basically reports that they were going to extend the season to 17 games. We got the official news that that actually happened. And we also teased the fact that the Bears and the Raiders may potentially play each other in a 17th game. That is now official. And we also told our listeners that the DBE boys are going to come down there to Vegas and turn up and it looks like that game is happening, A-Dub, so we might have to figure this thing out and actually get down there. Hey, man, hey, we got to put that on the schedule, <laughs> for sure, because <laughs> I, I do want to see that game. I think that game's in December, man, but we'll, we'll definitely get out there. I think that would be a really good opportunity to, to mingle with some of the listeners and Bears fans out there. And, and I saw a lot of Bears fans talking about they were going to try to make it out there for that game. Yeah, let's see. Hey, look, man, we can make it out to that game. That will be awesome. Well, hey, listen, ain't no if. It's, it's just a matter of when. <laughs> okay, I would take that bid. Win. <laughs> I would take that bid. Yes, sir. So the one thing, though, when it came to this news that the season was being extended to 17 games, 
there was a report they dubbed that George McCaskey actually voted against the 17-game season. What did you think there? Because he, they didn't really give an explanation on why he voted against it. Yeah, I don't know his explanation for it. I would love to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. But I don't see that as a bad thing, staying to the 17 games. I mean, this has been an ongoing talk, right, for a while now with shorting up the, uh, the preseason and getting more games. And I think this year helps. It helps bring more revenue, I would think. I think the players probably will be excited to have that. But I think also this increases the paycheck, right? <laughs> At some point, they'll have to make more money. Yeah, and I would say from what I understand is that he expressed concerns in the past, and it probably was related to player health and safety because that was one of the things that I brought up in the last episode. That's the only downside that I could see to this would extend to the season because what I would want to see is what does the offseason workload for these players look like because we still got to figure that out. What is the preseason component going to be? Because you got to think about all those things. Now, for the league itself, it's definitely going to help them with revenue because they lost a shit ton of money last year. Exactly. You lose a lot of money, of course. You want to try to make it back up. But I think adding an extra game, it definitely can be a revenue for sure from the standpoint that now you have some maybe good teams really facing each other. And those who are on the same level playing field, right, are facing each other. So I think that's also part of the process. But again, you're right, Perez. The money is a big part of it. I do understand the idea of word about the health. I get that. But guess what, Perez? You and I know you can get hurt <laughs> in the preseason. Uh-huh. You know, it don't take much. So uh, it's just the nature of, hey, what may happen, what kind of play, and things happen, right? So, or you can get injured working out. So you can get almost injured almost anywhere, really, in a physical sport. So from that standpoint, i just looking forward to the 17 games. McCaskey's going to have to explain that whole thing, <laughs> why he thought 17 games would be too much. But I would love to hear his thoughts on that again. Well, I will tell you this. I, I would love to hear his thoughts on a lot of things right now when it comes to that, this team, <laughs> the direction of things. Man, George, I need I need you to holler at prayers, man. I, I need to talk to you. You need to come it, down to the front of the congregation to holler at all of us right now, bro. Exactly, because I'll tell you one thing. Prayers want a front row seat. So does A-Dub. Man. I want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. We talked about the season being extended to the 17 games. I briefly touched on the fact of we don't know necessarily what's going to happen with the offseason program. So a double league memo did go out Wednesday where they basically announced that they're going to be looking for teams to kick off phase one of the offseason program starting April 19th. Did you take a look at that? And what were your thoughts of so? Yeah, I took a look at that memo. It's a very interesting memo, right? I think most of it kind of relied rely on, on safety, right? Making sure mm-hmm. people take the vaccines or took the vaccine. A lot of protocol, right? And I think that's a big part of it, making sure that the safety of players and the team, most importantly, got to be considered through everything. So to me, I, I like that. And it's to give them a chance to do some things differently than what they did last season. Yeah, because with that being said, for our audience, as everyone knows, last season, there was mostly, it was all virtual work that was done with the players, right? And I think right. in the memo that I saw this time around, A-Dub, it spoke to that there would be some sort of in-person work that the players would go through. So they were going to be some on-field work. So that'll be a little different than what happened last year. That'll be good to see, right? Having a little bit more on-field work. Like I said, last year, couldn't have it. This year, we'll be able to do it a little bit. But yeah, that should be a win for all the teams if we can follow the, all the protocols and things of that nature that comes with it. Another component of that program was the fact that players will be allowed to work out at the team facility, but only in small groups. I don't know the exact number on that, but I think that's mm-hmm. kind of going to be welcome news because I think a lot of last year, those guys weren't able to do that at the facility. 
yeah, that should be a win. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, some guys can now work out with each other at the facility. That should be an interesting component right there. It'd be good to see how wide receiver core work out together if they want to or whoever, right? That's what they feel comfortable with. So that's a win. I think that's a win. Yep. And then so you touched on a, a point earlier. You talked about the vaccine part of things. From what I understand, A-Dub, the NFL isn't mandating that guys take the vaccine, but they're going to be tying certain type of incentives to the vaccine. So I think if guys do decide to get the vaccine, then for those players, they'll eliminate the daily testing that they have to go through. That's a big component right there, Perez, that you just hit at. Because you're right, last year, it went through a lot of testing last season. Having now the vaccine, right, with Johnson Johnson, that helps. And I think the other one's Pfizer, right? The Pfizer, double, the, Pfizer yeah. Moderna. Yep. Johnson yeah, they, Johnson's the single dose one. Right. And the other ones have the double dose, right? You got to take yep. it twice. That's a game changer, right? For the perspective of what they do now. Because I'm quite sure a lot of people don't want to go through the testing thing all the time. But the fact that they would, they would decide to do it, that will eliminate that process. And they can just focus on their daily routine. You got to think about this, bro. From last season, these guys not only were going through those daily tests, but they had so many restrictions when it came to like meetings mealtime and how they use the locker rooms. And some of the players even mentioned, like, they couldn't even really hang out with each other. They couldn't really do much. So I think what, what the NFL is trying to do right now is, is they're trying to make a situation where people can actually feel like they're a part of a team again. Yeah, because you're right. A lot of isolation went on last season. I think this vaccine helps, right, avoid a lot of that. So now we can, like you said, more of a team, more of a unit to be able to experience a little bit of that this year. Those who are, who are getting vaccinated will help mm-hmm. in that now, one thing for our audience to keep in mind here when we talk about this off-season program. Now, in a typical pre-pandemic off-season, off-season workouts will begin near this current date of the April 19th or sometimes even earlier than that. And generally, what happens later is there's like a voluntary minicamp that happens. Then a rookie minicamp for the new drafted and undrafted players. And then the OTAs, which are the off-season workouts that, that happen. After that, comes the mandatory minicamp, and that's usually in June. But as we talked about with last year, COVID-19, it wiped out the entire period for any sort of off-season work like that. One thing that I wanted our audience to think about, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, A-Dub, was a lot of the veterans in the league actually spoke out about the fact of the traditional off-season process and how they thought that some of the stuff was unnecessary. And so when you think about last season where a lot of that stuff didn't happen, it makes you wonder, do you think some of that stuff is overkill when it comes to the offseason with what these players are responsible for doing? You know what? I think so, man. If you want those veteran players who've been through a lot, a lot of wars, man, your body, right? Your body. You try to do as best you can to take care of your body. But when you're doing so much working out, so much of everything, being involvement on the field, that can still weigh in on you, right? You wonder if you're overextending your body. <laughs> um, because if you're doing that right, it can come back to bite you in the game. Because now you have put so much work on your body that now it's too much. So your body needs that proper rest. Now, I think for a lot of these older guys, they need that time off, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, you got other people who are still in recovery, right? Who are still in recovery from injuries they had previously. So you got to take all that into consideration when you think about how much work we put on everyone, really, not just the vets. That's a hell of a point. Also, to keep in mind, Some of these veteran players, even over the course of the training camp and even over the course of the season, a lot of times these guys get like the veteran days off, right? So to kind of keep the wear and tear off of their bodies. But when I look at this situation, I say, well, some of this stuff, maybe they could do without or maybe make some of the stuff more virtual versus in-person meetings, right? So maybe the guys don't have to come into Hallis Hall 
fort meetings and they can just do that stuff over Zoom. So maybe some of the traveling in the back and the forth, maybe they can eliminate. Now I'm with you, Perez, because now what this does, this whole pandemic gave us a new identity of what we can do differently. And I think, hey, why not utilize some of these things moving forward? So if it worked, it made sense, it was efficient, why not utilize some of this for this upcoming season as well to see if it works out? Well, yeah, because you see what the pandemic has done to the corporate world that you and I are in. I mean, we're strictly 100% virtual right now, you know? I mean, outside of like some travel that I've had to do for work, but for the most part, we're virtual. You know, I haven't stepped foot in the office in over a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And we find out it's still productive, right? So you're still productive even doing things from a Zoom call or you have to be in the office to get it all done. So you can do it virtually, right? Let's do it. Let's let's just cut time, right? Because you can save a lot on time when you just do it right away. through virtual. And so when I look at this NFL and kind of how they can counteract some of this, I think, hey, if you guys can make some of this stuff virtual as much as possible, do so. But you also can't replicate on field work that a lot of times helps with timing. If you're putting in a new system, if you're trying to get a new quarterback acclimated, if you're trying to get a new scheme put in place, like so a lot of those things, you need to have some of that on-field work. So I was very happy to see at least that's going to be happening because those guys need to get some chemistry with each other. Yeah, that part right that you mentioned right there, Chris, you can't avoid that. You have to get that on-field, that chemistry there. So you can't avoid that part of it. But I'm thinking like more like some of these film sessions and other meetings and conversations. Do we have to be in person? Could we all just talk to a Zoom or whatever? So there are some parts of the job that could be, you know, on Zoom versus in person. Absolutely. All right, A-Dub. So I know our listeners probably are a little bit burnt out on the quarterback talk. I still have to bring this up because this is something that I've just been curious about. Russell Wilson, for some reason, these rumors about him and Seattle, they just don't go away and they won't go away. And so I wonder what your thoughts are on this thing, because we're seeing a lot of these NFL insiders, A-Dub, that are still indicating that they don't think that Russell's going to stay in Seattle. They think that he could be on the move at some point. This, to me, is something that I think that we should all, as Bears fans, be monitoring closely as we get close to the NFL draft. What do you think there with this Russell Wilson scenario? Man, well, Russell Wilson, it's been highly publicized, really, that he doesn't want to be there. And with that, they're still going to have to consider exploring other options. Not saying everything going to go down this year, Press. Who knows, right? We really don't even know. I do know, like you said, a lot of interest. I know uh, the Eagles were rumored as being interested in, in Russell Wilson. So it's like, yeah, there are still teams who really trying to explore that. And I think, like you said, the Bears still should be keeping their eyes close on that to see, okay, are you guys looking to let him go now? <laughs> What's, what are you all looking for to let him go? Well, what do you want at this point? So I think they need to stay close to that situation because you're right. It's still brewing up. It's still out there. And again, Russell may not still be happy about Seattle and what's out. So that's something we can't ignore. That's something we should keep a close eye on. A lot of people were telling us that these trade talks, the Bears offered a lot in a package to them. But when they said at the time, Seattle, they didn't really look at it seriously. But you have to wonder, at what point will then Seattle change their position and say, you know what, we need to start listening to these offers? The key factor is going to be, like you said, it's about time. That's one. So the Bears got to be there at the right time. That's for sure. But I can't rule out the fact that Russell Wilson could possibly make a big deal out of this. He could at some point, right? He can get frustrated. And then, hey, we got all this media talk going on to now it's a big explosion. And that may cause, you know, Seattle to want to do something then. But I think right now Russell was a big professional. He tried to keep things, you know, on the low. 
not trying to cause any problems. But guess what? He can have a change of heart to where now people from his camp can start putting things out there. And that could <laughs> yep. cause, you know, that could cause Seattle to say, you know what? We had to, we heard too much now. <laughs> we got to make a move. <laughs> it's become a distraction to the team now. <laughs> and that's the point that I think is really important to think about because it could be less Russell himself, but it could be his camp. It could be his agent. You know, you know how that kind of stuff goes. You have right. your different people that do your dirty work for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I hope they I hope they do, Brad. Make a lot of noise. <laughs> Man, hopefully, hopefully so. But I think the one thing in my opinion, A-Dub, and I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but I think the thing that probably was holding Seattle back is because if they do trade Russell, who are you replacing them with? Yeah, that's a hard thing to do, right? To replace a tier one quarterback. We had a franchise quarterback. You you won't want to return, right? You mm-hmm. really do. You don't want to give up that franchise quarterback and all of a sudden you stuck with nothing. <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I understand where they're at, right? Because you're right. Without Russell Wilson, that team is probably going to go down big time. So mm-hmm. it makes sense for them to say, hey, look, if I'm going to give up Russell Wilson. We want a hell of a lot in return. And so where we can possibly get a franchise quarterback. Right. And I'm just going to say this, listeners. I don't give a fuck how much this organization tells you that Andy Dalton is the QB one. We still need to be looking at Russell Wilson. And if you have a chance to go get that guy, you go get him. I'm sorry. No, I totally agree with you, Press. There is no way. We can say we want to say in these press conferences. We can say we want to say these Zoom calls or whatever. <laughs> we, can, we can talk about Andy Dalton, our quarterback or whatever. But guess what? If Russell Wilson hit that market, we better be the first ones knocking at the door. Knocking on that door, calling Sierra, telling her she should have won a Grammy. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is on the table. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm with you there. Man. We we will change our Twitter, Abby, and our Instagram, Abby, to a picture of uh, Sierra. Like, come on, Sierra. Absolutely. And guess what? I have future kid right there sitting in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say this. I don't think that these uh, talks are dead yet. We'll see what happens as we get closer to the draft, my brother. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. So, April Fool's Day has come and gone. <laughs> and we saw that Cordero Patterson... I'm thinking he had a little fun with the fan base. So he sent out a tweet yesterday where he said, headed back to Minnesota. And of course, you know, Bears Twitter ran with it. Right. See that? <laughs> what, what was your thoughts on that? Because when I first saw it, I was kind of like, come on, son. This is for April Fool's. We know you're playing with us. I didn't take them serious either, though. But I'm quite sure, you know, our Bears fans, they're like, hey, what the hell is going on here? You know, what's up? You know, so mm-hmm. for me, I didn't take it serious. But I totally get it right. It was a good moment of the moment he wanted to throw it out there and see what happens. And guess what? It happened yeah. uh, when people were talking and bringing it up. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with him in general, though. But So I would just say this for our listeners. You could take that comment that he said any sort of way, because just by him saying he's headed back to Minnesota, he could have been just going there for a trip to go visit. I don't know. You know, he could just be going to Minnesota just to go there. Didn't right. mean that he was signing with the team. So <laughs> Right. And so, like, the words is just like, it's all the way people word things. So that's one part of it. But there was no reports that went out. Because you know if if your boy uh, Mortensen and, and some of these other NFL insiders, if they didn't report that thing, I'm good. I'm like, I just like, he just, he just, she trolling us. That's all. And the thing is, friends, when he tweeted that, I went looking. I'm like, okay, did anybody else say anything about this? Because <laughs> <laughs> I heard a word from these insiders at all to say this guy went there. So no one brought it up other than him. And isn't that something that the guy himself says something and the, me and your both immediate reaction was, 
But how come uh, Mortensen and one of them guys didn't say nothing? Where was they at? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because, you know, they lurking, man. They around the corner lurking. Like, they want to hear anything that's said about anybody signing anywhere. They want firsthand information. Well, them dudes are like TMZ, man. I don't know how they get their scoops of their information, but that shit be creepy, bro. They be doing everything. <laughs> it's like they be in the room when it happens. Hey, look, we're going to go ahead and sign this guy right now. And they I, like right I there. Wonder, I wonder if they be having wiretaps on calls and stuff. Like, I just don't know how they be getting this. Either that or they just have really great relationships around the league. But them, them dudes be on it, man. They on do, it. man. And sometimes they know things for the players know, man. That's what gets me crazy <laughs> when they know before the players know. Well, it depends, yeah, because, like, if somebody getting released or something like that. But yeah. it'd be funny, though, because sometimes, like, I've seen in the past where a player would be like, how the hell did he know this? How did he find out? It's just it's just so funny how this news gets out to the to the masses. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it comes quickly, man. And those guys, I see what they have, the jobs they have, they are on top of it. So I salute yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, dude, Mortensen and Schefter and all them dudes, man, they, they be on it. But Corderell did say this, A-Dub. He said that a few teams have reached out to him so far but he said he's going to take the process slow. So we'll mm-hmm. see how this thing unfolds because I was going to say this, man. You never know. He still could end up back here in Chicago, man, as this free agency kind of draws out a little bit more. Maybe he comes back at a price that's more, you know, prohibitive for the team. You know, you never know. I always wonder, Perez, when it came to him, where are we at in the process? Where are we as Bears? Bears, where are we in this process? Are we still just waiting this out to see what happens? Because I wonder, you know, I would love to see him back with us, and I would love to see some talks continue between him and the Bears, right? Right now, I understand there hasn't been much talk at all. But, man, it just has you wonder, right? It does make you wonder. But I'll say, I'm not going to lie, any news that comes out on April Fool's, I just can't put much stock into it. So, man, to me, I'm just chalking it up. This was a big joke because we haven't seen anything on it today. Coderell tried to get us. Man, we weren't we weren't going for it. At least I wasn't. I don't know. Some people was. <laughs> I don't know. Some people were going for it. Just you and I weren't. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I, I look at that calendar. I'm like, nah, you playing too much, bro. Stop it. Yeah, Stop exactly. It. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, a, that was a good joke. But speaking of jokes, A-Dub, today, Nagy and Pace had their separate Zoom calls with the media. This is the second time in the last couple of months that Pace and Nagy have met with the media. And basically today was to answer questions about offseason moves and plans or whatever. Now, I'm just going to give you my just general thoughts, and I'm just going to let you go in real quick. But outside of a few useful comments here and there that came out, this conference just was a lot of coach speak and generic quotes as usual. And you know how I've always said on this show, Ryan Pace isn't going to give you much. He prides himself on keeping everything close to the vest, not very transparent, which is fine, whatever, right? I kind of feel like as a fan base, we have to stop getting ourselves worked up over these conferences because they're just not going to tell you anything. It's just going to be a bunch of bullshit, you know? And I think that that's what all today was, just in my opinion. The thing is, a lot of things have happened, right, with transactions and players cut and signing players, and they want to show their face, right? At least talk about a couple of things. But you're right, they're not going to give us too much detail. To me, I was not surprised on what Maggie said. I was surprised on what Pace said, right? Of course, they were going to be pretty much aligned in what they were saying, but it didn't shock me at all. One of the biggest things that came out of this discussion today, it was it was a couple things. The big thing, though, for me, A-Dub, was that Nagy came out and basically said he was going to be taking back play-calling duties from Bill Lazor. What were your thoughts there? I was frustrated to hear that. Okay. Let me tell you why. Okay. Well, guess what? We talked about Andy Dalton, right? Andy mm-hmm. Dalton's going to be the guy. Well, that's been put out there, right? Andy Correct. Dalton's assured himself. 
and he's going to be the guy. So Andy Dalton's had experience working with Bill Lazor. That right. connection has seemed to work, right? In the past, it's history. They have some good chemistry. Well, Nagy, why are you going to jump into that, right? Why are you going to invade that? We saw Bill Lazor do a pretty good job with Mitch last season. It yep. wasn't bad at all. Now you want to get the play calling back because we have Andy Dalton as if you want to play the point as you want to play this game to say that no Mitch is the problem, it wasn't me, <laughs> kind of a thing. And I'm not going for it, man. I look at you know what works. And to me, I think Bill Lazor fits the play calling a whole lot better than Nagy. Yeah, I agree with that 100 percent And I would just say this, A dub. So somebody may play devil's advocate with you, and they may say, But well, A dub, this guy's job is on the line. This is coaching career at stake here. Why wouldn't he call the place? What would you say to those people? Look, it's about winning. Bottom line, he called the plays, whatever, and it stinks. Then what? He goes back to Bill Lazor. The point is, you do what works best. And for me, seeing that Bill Lazor's been calling the plays, if it's not broke, why try to fix it? To me, from that standpoint, let's let Bill Lazor do what he can do. I mean, it shows to be that it proves to be that that's something that works. So why change that up? Man, I, I agree with you on that because the one thing that I wanted to touch in on this whole situation with Nagy is his ego. He can't get out of the way because let's be honest, him deciding to resume play call to me is a message that he always felt that Mitch Trubisky was the problem. He's always right. looking for these scapegoats, right? But if yep. you look at it, he talked Pace into bringing Nick Foles in here because Nick Foles is going to be the guy to run his system. And even Nick Foles came in here, stuck it up. But he even called out Nagy and said, these plays that he calling are trash. They don't even have a right. chance of succeeding, right? The biggest concern for all of us Bears fans, when we look at this team, is on offense. And now we got our third different starting quarterback in three years with Andy Dalton now stepping into that QB1 role. One thing that, that Ryan Pace had the nerve to say in today's Zoom call <laughs> <laughs> he said that Andy Dalton fits the Bears' style of offense. And so my thing is, what the fuck kind of style of offense does the Bears have? Because all I see is incomplete passes, terrible play calls, and a bunch of three and outs. So what did he what's, what's he talking about style of play? He lost me with that, bro, when he mentioned that part of it, about style of play. Because you're right. It took us to even have a certain style. It took us about what? eight, nine weeks to get something where we run a lot of RPOs, right? We started mm -hmm. doing that with Mitch and roll out the bootlegs and things of nature. So it's like, we really didn't have an identity until what, late in the season, if you want to call that an identity, right? Yep. So what is the identity going into this coming season? Because we really don't know, Chris. You haven't given us a lot what that is. All we know is, hey, Mitch, is, Mitch isn't the answer. Then what is the answer? Because he doesn't want to give it up. No, he, he doesn't. And I've talked about this on the show, man, when it comes to the definition of insanity, right? And when you look at this organization, they continue to be an insane group, an insane organization, because Nagy not being able to check his ego and delegate the play calling, to me, A-Dub, is just pure fucking insanity. This BU shit, guess what BU does for us? All this shit does is him do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, but all it's going to do is lead to another mediocre fucking season. And I'm sick of it, man. I really yeah. am. Look, Perez, I'm with you there, bro. I'm with you there. What he doesn't realize, Perez, and maybe a lot of fans probably not, have not realized, is that, hey, Bill Lazor may have been the one that saved your job last season. Along with Mitch. Along with Mitch, right. <laughs> Along with Mitch. So you want to talk about Bill Lazor giving up, giving up the play calling, 
you gotta realize why probably why you're still here. I'm gonna ask you this question, A Dub. When I when I when when I think about Nagy and his system, to me, it's a system that doesn't work. His offense to me isn't a good offense. So to me, you had a flawed system that you're trying to force out there and it just doesn't work. You don't use a system that fits the skills of the players that are in that system. And that's True. my biggest problem with Nagy. That's a huge problem, man, because you're right. You got to know your personnel. And to me, doesn't like Nagy knows the personnel that well. Like, for example, I'm just going to throw this out here, Chris. You and I saw a lot of this last season. We were throwing the football when we should have been running. While we're airing out, this is under Nagy, right? When Nagy was calling plays, right? At that time frame. Why not run Montgomery? Why not? So it's like, dude, you have these play calling, and sometimes the play calling is too complicated. Let's simplify it and let's execute. But to me, Nagy has shown time and time out, we got the week last season that, hey, his play calling just doesn't work and they weren't effective. No, it doesn't work. You brought up a really good point when it comes to Bill Lazor's previous relationship with Andy Dalton. And I thought that that was the reason why they signed Andy Dalton. I thought because they have that relationship, they have that chemistry with one another. So now, Nagy, which listeners, hear me out, because I know there's going to be some people that are like, well, Nagy wants to go out guns a blazing. That's fine, but it's also kind of bullshit to me because people are going to sit here and try to tell me, well, Nagy wants to run his offense. Fuck his offense. His offense is shit. Fuck him. (laughs) Right. You wanted a certain quarterback to come in here, and guess what? That guy didn't fucking work. Bring this other quarterback in here who's supposed to have this relationship with this other guy, but then you want to take it upon yourself to say, well, you know what? I'm going to call these plays now because Mitch was the problem. So now I got the quarterback in here that I think can process information. So now I can run my system properly. To me, it's bullshit the fact that they made Mitch the scapegoat because I think that that's kind of what he's saying by taking over the play calling again. Oh, that's what it appeared to be to me, Perez, is that Mitch is the scapegoat again. I don't like the idea. Like you mentioned, Perez, about the whole thing with Bill Lazor, right? And, and Andy Dog. Those two have a very, very good working relationship. Why ruin that by interfering? So now you are the middleman. You are the guy now who Andy Dalton's going to be looking to for the play call. Well, guess what? You just ruined what, what, what was between Andy Dalton and Bill Lazor. So, yeah, he knows Bill Lazor, but guess what? He doesn't know you. So now you're stepping in now doing all this extra that could also ruin things down the road. Another point of this whole thing that I want our listeners to think about is the fact that, okay, all right, Nagy's going to pick back up with the play call. But to me, A-Dub, and I'm trying, I'm just trying to trying to measure my words here. I just don't like what they're doing right now. Nagy, just to me, he should have put the team first in this situation. He has really serious control issues. Not to mention that the little bit of success that we had last season with him as the coach happened when he didn't even call the fucking plays. Right. So if they were doing all this analysis of what went right, what went wrong last season, of all that fucking collaboration that they talked about, then what did you learn from that collaboration? Where is the growth of you as a coach and as a person that you can't put the team first and say, you know what? Hey, this was rolling last year when we gave the ball to Montgomery, when we simplified the playbook a little bit. Things started to move on offense, and we actually started to play well. Where is that at? Right now, with him taking back the play calling, that, to me, signals a lack of self-awareness, A-Dub. 
and just yeah. a, a refusal for him to acknowledge that this is one of his many shortcomings as a coach. It is definitely a shortcoming. And you hit it right on the head, Prez. He didn't recognize from last season how we were winning, how we were scoring. He didn't realize the fact that we started gelling as an offense. Like you said, Perez, he wasn't calling any of the plays. No, he wasn't. I was going to say this for any uh, of our audience that are Dave Chappelle show, uh, old school fans of that show. But you remember when Rick James said to Charlie Murphy that he had delusions of grandeur? <laughs> that's, that's what I feel about Matt Nagy, bro. And I'm going to remind this to our listeners all season long because we, to me, to me, I think that we're better off with laser calling the plays. But the one thing that's positive from this A-Dub, and it's the only thing, is we get to see what Matthew Nagy is made of because this is fucking either put up or shut up time. He's got no right. more excuses about the quarterback, no more excuses about 101 versus 102. Hey, it's win or shut the fuck up and go home. You're right. His ass on the line anyway. So you want to go out like this here with you calling the plays and screwing up? Okay. Okay. Guess <laughs> what? Everyone's going to see that, hey, you know what? There's no more excuses when it comes to the quarterbacks. It's you. Bottom line, you. Mm-hmm. In my experience, I've been around some pretty successful leaders, I would say. The one key trait that these leaders had is they knew how to delegate to other people. The point of you having a team and, under, and individuals underneath you is for you to hire the best people possible. So that way, you're hiring people that are diverse in skill set. So maybe one of those people may have a skill set that's better than yours in an area. And then you can right. delegate something to that person to be able to do. Now, leaders who stubbornly think that they're the best for the job are typically the ones that are failures. So with that being said, Matt Nagy chose to take back the reins. So you already know what I'm thinking about him. That's not effective leadership. It's not at all. Because one of the things you hit on for us is what Nagy cannot figure out is how to play to the strengths of your quarterback. He lacked on how to play to the strength of Mitch. He lacked on how to play the strength of Foles. So it's like, dude, you continue to lack in these areas, right? So if you're not that great at it, like you're saying, Perez, you got to have great leadership here. You have to continue to delegate that to the right person. Well, guess what? You did delegate it pretty well to Bill Lays, even though it was, a, it was late. You, you were late doing it. But guess what? Now you want it back. <laughs> mm-hmm. That does not show great leadership. And to me, if I'm Bill Lazer, I wouldn't be happy about this, bro. I would not be happy. <laughs> I wouldn't if I'm, if I'm Bill Lazer. Wow, I got the job done. I was doing a pretty good job. And now you want it back when we get Andy Dalton. It just doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound effective either. The thing about it is, even if this is pressure for him to win in 2021, I still think that your offensive coordinator should be empowered to leverage that relationship that he has with the quarterback that you guys brought in here to make sure that this thing was going to work. Because I'm assuming that that's why they brought Dalton in here was right. because of that prior relationship. So I don't get it, man. And I've said this before, A-Dub, but make it make sense to me because I don't understand what the hell they're doing. They really don't, man. And the thing is, I'm also concerned about that. You're right, Press. I'm not sure what the hell they're doing. But the thing is, if you're going to bring Eddie Dalton in, set him up for success. Taking Bill Lace out the equation does not set him up for success, in my opinion. Also, too, when you look at Nagy and what he likes to run with these little fucking cute plays and the little razzle-dazzle in his garbage-ass scheme, man, that shit ain't going to work. 
<laughs> so, when you got Dalton back there, and with an offensive line, and we still don't know what's going to happen there, man, right. this, this to me, this feels like it's going to be a recipe for disaster, bro. Right, right. And then you also have can't get right things also throwing to as well as a, as a guy you throw to. It, it just it doesn't set Andy Dalton up well. You add all these variables in there, it can get ugly for Andy Dalton, and not because of Andy Dalton. It's because of Matt Nagy. Yeah, exactly. It's because Ryan Pace talked in the Zoom call, and he said that, hey, the thing that I like about Andy Dalton in this offense is the fact that he said his drop-back game, play action, the way that Mm -hmm. he moves in RPOs, right? Right, And he said, that's how we see Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback. And you know what I thought about that, A-Dub? I said, that's cute. But I see you and Matt Nagy as people who should be looking for jobs and not continue to ruin this fucking franchise. Because exactly. he said all these same things about Mike Glennon, bro. <laughs> right. Like you said earlier, Foles was supposed to be able to run this system well. Well, we see how that went. Went sour very quickly. We also saw the fact that part of also the problem with Foles was that he sat back in that pocket like a fucking statue. What's Andy Dalton going to do when that pocket collapses? And I give Andy Dalton just a little bit of credit because you have a little bit more mobility than Foles. But still, when, they, when the pressure's on your ass, it's on your ass. <laughs> you you got to run for your life and try to figure it out. And the thing is, Chris, we got to help Andy Dalton out. And I think starting with the whole play calling thing with Nagy, we are already starting off on a bad foot. No, we, we are. I'm going to go after Pace real quick here. So he talked about in this Zoom call how Mitch Trubisky sacrificed and battled for the sake of the team. When Mitch was drafted, when they traded up to get him, that didn't work out, as we all know. That's on Ryan Pace. Now, even though there was a bunch of draft analysts and you know experts, and I put that with air quotes, Mitch Trubisky was a project. When they asked Pace in the Zoom call why things didn't work out with Mitch, what was his response? He said, oh, we simply just wanted to upgrade at the position. So where was the upgrade? So was Andy Dalton that upgrade? That's the key factor. Upgrade where? What are you looking for? Because I think they alluded to pretty much when he talked about Andy Dalton, he kind of went down a path about his, you know, experience and the fact that he made good decisions and it was last season. It was probably the most accurate season he had, that kind of a thing. And I'm like, okay, I hear all that. But we're talking about our team. We're not talking about other teams. <laughs> we're talking about here. How does yep. he fit here? You know, what does he do better than Mitch? That's what it comes down to, because you asked me. I thought Mitch was the better, you know, guy who can extend plays. I'm not so sure if Andy Dalton is that kind of a guy, right, that I have not seen. So it's like, really, what does he what does he really elevate this team at? Where does Andy Dalton really elevate this team at? And that's why I asked you what happens when that pocket collapses, because he doesn't have that escapability that, that Mitch had, right? And so nope. I wonder. Now, one thing that you did bring up, his decision-making is good. So that part, it seems like it's something that they may be honing in on. Another interesting thing that came out of the Zoom call was that Pace said that he wasn't going to latch on to one particular guy like he did with Mitch Trubisky. Right. So we all know that he zeroed in on Mitch and traded up for him because that was his guy, right? He fell right. in love with that beat-up Corolla. <laughs> we, we get it, right? Right, right. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but everyone knows the draft is a crapshoot. So that's why you have all these so-called experts that are telling you this quarterback is this and this quarterback is that. But at the end of the day, if you look at that draft, 
Look at the quarterbacks that were at the top of that the rankings. It was Mitch. It was Deshaun Kaiser and Watson. And Mahomes was kind of like towards the bottom of those of, of most of those lists. Right, right. I agree. Yep. A lot of that when it comes to the quarterback situation is it comes down to evaluating, but sometimes some teams just get lucky. And I we agree. didn't get lucky there. No, we did. But the other part of it when they come out evaluating quarterbacks, I try to look at Perez is what are you looking at? The decision making, the mechanics, all those different things do come to play, right? Because I get the whole part about talent. And I get it, right? That's that's all cool and all, but you need mechanics. You need quarterback decision making. Where in this whole process? Yeah, accuracy, right? Where does those things come to play at when you talk about Mitch or whoever quarterback you're gonna draft, right? Mm-hmm. Where do those things come in action at? Because guess what? We passed up on guys who can do it better, who had better mechanics, who are better suited in that quarterback pocket, who are better suited on the run as well. It's like other parts of the game that matters from a quarterback standpoint. What did we see? Right. And I don't want to keep rehashing the whole thing with Mitch, but the thing is, that is something they have to get right regardless, right? Even yep. they're going to drop the quarterback in the draft. So they got to think about that. And that's a hell of a point you, br- you brought up because what Pace did say was a part of evaluating quarterbacks this year is him learning from the Trubisky pick. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I'm just going to say here is I just hope the, the dear Lord that Mac Jones doesn't drive an old beat up Corolla because I swear to God. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not, man. <laughs> <laughs> but they said that uh, Nagy's going to have some input in this decision with the draft. What are your thoughts there with Nagy having some input in as far as his draft choice is concerned? I don't like it, man. I really don't. And here's why I don't like it. Because <laughs> I'm going back to Nick Foles. You want a Nick Foles, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell you saw in that. And now we're supposed to trust you really with your opinion on what we see in the draft? I don't know, man. I, I can't trust you more no more than I can trust Pace when it comes down to that. So for me, I don't feel comfortable with this press at all. I really don't. Yeah, so the one thing that I, I thought about with this, and I want to share this real quick, I thought, okay, so if Pace wants to involve Nagy and the coaching staff, to me, it leads me to believe two things. The first thing, they're probably looking at a more NFL-ready type of quarterback prospect than what they did the first time around. Okay. And we'll delve into that more next week when we do a complete breakdown of the quarterback prospects in the draft. But the second part that I want to get your thoughts on, A-Dub, is if they go after one of these rookie quarterbacks, does this now tell us that this is a part of a two-year plan here? These fuckers get a secret extension? Because when I looked at the comments that came out of this presser today, it came off as two guys that didn't really seem like they were sweating anything. And Pace, to me, all offseason has been operating at his guy that doesn't feel like his job is uh, at stake at all. So I wonder, is this a part of like some two-year plan? I don't know. But that's just the thing that keeps bouncing in my head. Man, it sure feels that way because listen to both of them today, Prez, neither one of them I seem to be worried, right? No, no. They, they, they acting like their jobs are still not on the line. They acting like, hey, look, we're fine. We're going to be here another couple of years. We're going to see how this new quarterback going to pan out for us, whoever we draft, that they might decide to draft. It's like they already have a game plan together. So for me, it feels like, hey, this is not the end of the nagging and pace ever, really. It really seems like, hey, there's more to this down the road. Yeah, but I'm just going to just quickly say this about Ryan Pace and why I don't trust him with this quarterback position. In 2017, A-Dub, again, (laughs) he told us that Mike Glennon was the starting quarterback and he was fired up. He was fired up about Mike fucking Glennon. I want you guys to think about that. He was fired up about getting Mike Glennon. Last season, Matt Nagy won the Foles. 
They brought him here. And what did Pace tell us? He says, hey, the competition between these two guys is open competition. Then he later followed it up, A-Dub, by saying, we believe in Mitch. We believe in the progress that he makes, that he's made, and will continue to make. So, audience, I'm sorry, but it's the same fucking narrative over and over again with this guy, just with a different quarterback. It's that wash, rinse, and repeat bullshit. I'm with you, Prez. I don't trust him. I really don't at all when it comes down to drafting quarterbacks. I, I really don't. You're right. You hit a lot of great points with that, Prez. To me, I still don't know what he has learned from his experience. I see they did something different. I know Andy Dalton got from the team, right? He wasn't all <laughs> out there talking about, oh, Andy Dalton got 100 things great. He can do all these things great like he did with Mitch and Glenn. He didn't go, <laughs> he didn't go that route again. <laughs> and he learned from that, at least. <laughs> exactly. He stayed the hell away. Notice this, right? He stayed away. He didn't come with the presser with him. He let Andy Dalton on his own. You go ahead, do it on your own. And guess what? Myself and, you know, himself and um, Nagy will do this, right? This is what you want to call this Zoom. So, and we'll address some things that way. So for me, he's changing his little bit of a mindset. But the thing is, I'm not sure what he has learned as far as changing on picking, right? On drafting. What have you learned? What have you seen in quarterbacks that you say, you know what? I'm going to change that mindset. I'm going to think outside the box there. So that's what I'm looking for seeing, at least want to see. It's like bittersweet. I don't want to see him draft the quarterback, but it's like we don't have a choice at this point. But I wonder what his mindset is going to be, what's going to be different. Yeah, and so I wonder if that collaboration, if that collaboration with the coaching staff and all the breakdown that they've done with the film work, working with Pace directly, maybe that'll yield them you know, better uh, success than it has in the past. We'll see. But one other thing, Ada, man, before we get out of here, was these guys opened up this Zoom call by basically kind of like bragging about the fact that they've been in the playoffs two of the last three years. Now, (laughs) I know I said last week that I'll be patient and I'll give this thing a chance and I wouldn't get mad about the team until the season started, but fuck, bro, what the hell are they talking about? Like, Uh, (laughs) what are we we doing? (laughs) Some things we don't need to be discussing. Uh, I don't think, I think Ryan Pace sometimes doesn't think like, what are you talking about, man? Are you sure you want to go down this road and talk about that? Because right. guess what? It didn't look pretty going in. No. <laughs> no. No. Right. So he's not thinking logically, man, or he's trying to throw one by the fans, right? Who You forgot that the Bears fans are some of the most, the smartest fans in the world. Oh, you That's can't right. play okie dokie on us. You cannot Hell do no. that. Hell no. <laughs> he thought he could stick that in there. Hell no, because the one thing that these guys do try to do, A-Dub, is they try to sell mediocrity to us, and they'll shove that shit down your throat. Yep. (laughs) But they don't realize that all most of us fans see is you guys just show us that you're a bunch of fucking losers in that organization. House Hall and that executive team and that coaching staff, you guys are losers. Because how can you sit there and proudly say, well, we made it to the playoffs two of the last three seasons. You limped into the playoffs. But Nagy and Pace, they can't stop talking about that shit. Last season is nothing to brag about. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I don't I mean, get it. <laughs> and not only did we back into the playoffs, A-Dub, but they dribbled down their fucking legs in that game against the Saints. That is nothing to brag about. <laughs> and not, We didn't look good. We didn't look good. And you made it to the playoffs. Because of the quarterback that you threw under the fucking bus. Exactly. You made that role more difficult than what it should have been. 
I'm holding back, man. But I'm telling you, a rant is is brewing. I'm, I'm telling you, man. It is. It's only so much you can take of this nonsense. And the one thing that I'll tell you, this is not just about the Bears. This is just about me in general, AW. You know this. <laughs> if somebody tries to sit here and tell me something, and they're gonna think that I'm an idiot, that I don't know what the hell is really going on, that is what they try to do to this fan base. We're not they, idiots. We're not. We're far from it. Far from it. This is my message to Matthew and Ryan. How about we focus on the number of Super Bowls that we've played in in the last decade, which is zero for anyone keeping score at home. We played in two Super Bowls in the last 50 fucking years. And they want to sit over here and talk to us about playoffs? Like, for real? Playoffs? Right. <laughs> like, really? Really? Especially that last one. Really? Wow. I mean, playoffs. We talk about <laughs> playoffs. Like, what happened here, man? Chicago used to be about winning and championships. Because all Matt and Ryan are doing, they're giving me a lot of guard packs vibes right now, and I hate that shit, A-Dub. Man, Prez, it's like once we get over one move they make, they piss us off with another. And, it, and that's why I can't, I can't get with these guys, man. It's very hard for me to accept both of them. And the other part about it is that these two assholes are always aligned at that. That pisses me off. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it really does. It gets under my skin. I'm like, y'all talking the same old garbage, man. Both of you, you know, you get on that stage and you start talking, man. It just pisses me off more because they, they both speak in the same language, man. And we don't agree with none of those things they're saying. Well, because you know what it is, is that we're on the Titanic right now and we all know this shit ain't going well. And these two are telling us nothing to worry about, guys. Go back downstairs and have a, cup, a glass of wine and chill out. Right. Like, I don't know about this shit, bro. You sure? Right, right. <laughs> exactly, man. They get us with that every time, man. It just, I just crack up sometimes when I see both of them, man, come together. I'm like, you two rather come on the show together, but, you know, and follow up each other's conversation. But you all wonder if Andy Dalton, you know, it's like, I just, don't, I just can't get with him, man. It's hard for me to, to roll with those two. Yeah, that's a good point, A-Dub. They always are in tandem with each other. One can't do something without the other one. But then they left poor Andy Dalton over there to answer all them tough questions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Andy Dalton was up there like, yeah, they told me I'm the, I'm the starter. <laughs> 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 and, like, and I'm like, we haven't heard anything off from, um, you know, Ryan Pace or Nagy. And he's up there spreading the word. Hey, they told me I'm the starter. So I'm like, I'm up there laughing. I'm like, man, I can't believe it. I feel bad for Andy Dalton, man. I really do. But he handled himself well. He did. But it's like, damn, <laughs> this is what you do to the guy. Yeah, they, they they left him out there hanging dry, bro. He was out there, boy. They left him out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> they did, for sure. But the, the, my last point on this is, A-Dub and I, we're not expecting these guys to go up here and tell all their grand plans of what they're going to do with this organization, what they're going to do with the quarterback position. That's not even it. It's just that every time that they speak, it's just they leave us as a fan base that's like, I continue to lose more and more confidence in you guys every time you speak. And every time they speak, A-Dub, it just feels like, man, this could be another lost season. (laughs) Right. I feel you on that phrase. I'd rather not speak at all. I thought they missed a window to speak, really. When you, when, you, when Andy Dalton came on board, I thought that was the window, right, where all three can come up there and speak. But guess what? They didn't do that. <laughs> they didn't <Yeah>. do that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, if you're not going to do that, then hell with it. We move on, right? <laughs> we move on. Yeah, I mean, they did that probably just because they were like, all right, well, we got to get a media a little bit of uh, uh, some uh, some coach speak and some generic quotes. So we'll, we'll, right. we'll, we'll give them a 30 minutes. We're going to get the fuck up out of here. 
<laughs> give them something, right? <laughs> give them something and then move on. Well, clearly, A-Dub, neither Pace or Nagy are accountable to anyone at Hallis Hall for anything. Because when you see the moves that have been made, when you see Nagy taking back the play calling, when you see a lot of these different things that are going on, it just makes you realize these guys are way more comfortable than they should be. And as a collective fan base, and I've said this before, A-Dub, but we all deserve a lot better than we're getting. And this is bullshit. That's it. I'm with you there. And the one thing I want to touch on really quickly, just say it, press about how things are with them and how it's all. It looks like these two dudes got a whole lot of power. It really does with everything that's going on with the Bears. And to me, I really don't like it. They got too much power because I already told you, I think Brian Pace is like an honorary McCaskey. I feel like he's a part <laughs> of the family. <laughs> For real. And that's what it appeared to be, Perez. You, you're not delusional about that. That's the way it seems. And it looks like Nagy feels like, hey, you know what? Hey, guess what? I'm like Ryan Pace's brother. <laughs> hey, I'm part of the family. <laughs> uh, man, Nagy over here like, man, he going to keep letting me sleep on this couch. So I'll be straight over here. That's what the hell hey, that shit is. Hey, I still got my job. I'm good. I'm straight. I'm part of this. <laughs> man. Matt Nagy, he's he's the guy on the couch from Half Baked. Remember Half Baked? Guy on yeah. the couch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fucking Matt Nagy, man. I swear to God, we can't, we can't get rid of him. Fuck, cannot, cannot at all, man. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Well, hey, man. Before we wrap, I wanted to uh, do a quick shout for the March Madness uh, DBE pool that we have down to the final four. Those games are going to be played tomorrow afternoon. So, quick the little standings for the contest. We got mm. our brother Kiko. He's in first place right now with 82 points. Second place, we got King Mac at 70 points. Third place, we got Dana Cano at 69 points. However, there's at least two or three people that have an outside chance of winning this thing if Baylor or either Gonzaga pulls this whole thing off. Now, in regards to me and A-Dub's bet, I will proudly say that A-Dub right now is in 25th place I don't even know what being in 25th place feels like. I've never been in 25th place in anything in my entire life. So, A-Dub, you might want to speak on that. But I'm actually in 7th place right now. So, I'm feeling feeling pretty good. A-Dub still probably would beat me in this in this bet, though, if, if Gonzaga wins the whole thing. But I'd say right now, though, I still feel good seeing him all the way towards the bottom of the ranking. So, it, feels, it, makes, me, it makes my heart fill up with joy. Look, man. Look, you can have your little moment right now. I'm not going. I'm not going to rain on your parade. You can have your moment. <laughs> but guess what? It ain't over yet. It ain't over. So That's true. Um, That's I'm gonna wait and see what happens when Gonzaga cash in. Guess what? A dub cash in, right? <laughs> Fair. It's- that's all I want to say. I'm going out like Money Moon, man. The bank <laughs> gonna be open, brother. <laughs> That's Look. all I got to say about that. <laughs> well, let's just know, audience, that. When that Gonzaga game is going on, it's going to be a lot of trash talk between me and A-Dub going on. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But hey, you know what? Win or lose, man. It, it's all good. It's all love between us. But I will say, though, I love looking at those standards. I'm going to look at it when we get off of this recording again. Just I want to take one more glance of A-Dub being the 25th place. <laughs> 25th <laughs> place. <laughs> Damn. I haven't been in 25th place in nothing I've been competing in. And so... That's kind of odd, but ouch, 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 ouch. But you know what, though, A-Dub? Like you said, though, if Gonzaga does what a lot of people think they're going to do, you know, you'll probably end up doing what you got to do. So 
We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> still March Madness, right? It's still March Madness. You know how that go. Yep. And I would say this. I don't know how our listeners think about the tournament, but I miss the fans being there, bro. Because the fans to me is what make March Madness like really like hit. And I feel like this one's been cool, but it just something's been missing, bro. Yeah, that's the ingredient right there, bro. The fans, the fans be turned up, and I yeah. love it, man. Every bit of it. Not having them, yeah, it's a challenge. It really was, bro. Listeners, we'll see what happens. Uh, by the time that we record this next, there will be a winner of the A Dub and Prez bet. So, man, <laughs> can't can't wait to see what happens there. A Dub, fun ass show. I can't wait to mix it up with you next week when we break down the draft, brother. Yes, sir. Looking forward to that, Prez. Yes, sir. A-Dub, going to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Barry Sinters Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this podcast. Bears Nation, come down with us. Peace.